Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Because you're listening today, I want to give you a gift. It is my six-step blueprint to living alcohol-free. This is what I've used, the steps that I've taken (laughs) without AA, so that way I can live a healthy, sober life. Text the word GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's GIFT at 1-855-649-6196. Enjoy today's show. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have a lovely guest here. I'm so excited to have her. her name is Kim Valez. She is a trauma therapist, her kick-ass life coach who's got your back. Kim has been through some tough times herself, including being a form of foster child care, but she's turned her pain into power and she's here to help you do the same. She's all about guiding women through the healing process and empowering them to rewrite their stories. No more holding on to those limiting beliefs or being defined by your past. Kim Vallis creates a safe space where you can process your pain, discover your inner strength, and unleash your true potential. She's got the tools, the strategies, and the unwavering belief that you can transform your life. Kim is all about giving you the support, insight, and techniques you need to level up. (laughs) She's all about self-love, changing your self-concept, resilience, and helping you become the woman of your dreams, Kim. Yay! (laughs) That's the fun part right there. (laughs) Yes! I'm so excited because... I was just watching your TikTok. I was going to be honest. And I was just, while I was doing my makeup, I'm like, I want to see her TikToks. I just fall in love with TikTok. And your videos are just so inspirational, so amazing. And they help so many women. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's my whole thing is I had to go through so much and really overcome a lot of limiting beliefs and awakened to so many, you know, spiritual concepts and just the work that we do that I was like, once I learned all this and I actually applied it and lived it and it worked. And then I was like, I have to share to the world. Like any woman I come across, I'm like, work on this. We got to do this. We got to do that. (laughs) So I'm like any social media, I try to get on and just really put it out there like crazy just to empower people. That is beautiful. And I would love to hear about more of your background and your story and how you became this amazing life coach. And you were a therapist before as well, right? Yeah. And I still am. I just don't practice. So I had a couple lifetime journeys, but basically, you know, I grew up in foster care. Um, In my teen years, I had an alcoholic father who was very violent, was absent uh, for most of my life. My mom did break that cycle. So I give her so much credit for having the strength of walking out on him when I was younger so that I wouldn't grow up like she did. But there was a lot of things that were imprinted. And even with my growing up with her, that really just, you know, left an impact on me, like all of her childhoods do. And I didn't realize that. So as when I grew up and became an an adult woman, like I didn't understand 
these limiting beliefs in me. And for me, they really got highlighted in my love life. And I really didn't understand why until I got older, because then I had a pattern that developed for myself where I was able to say, wait a minute, all these men and I'm the common denominator and they're all different. So there's something going on with me because I'm allowing this, I'm manifesting and I'm experiencing this over and over again. And so I ended up becoming a therapist and I specialized in trauma and PTSD and drug addiction. And I really loved that. And I knew I was, I was put on this earth to help people. And so while I was going through that and and being a trauma therapist for about 10 years, I knew it was time to evolve where I'm like, I want to help people, but in a different way. Cause I really was meeting people when it was life and death. And while I felt very privileged to have these people trust me and walk with them in the side of recovery and just, you know, healing and all that stuff. I was like, I want to do something where I can make YouTube and I can laugh because I can't laugh when I'm talking about people dying and, you know, just the heavy stuff that we deal with when we're dealing with trauma and death and addiction. And so I moved into becoming a life coach and then I started transforming. I started really manifesting in learning about these self-concepts or concepts about self-concept and was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the missing piece. Like I am triggered in my relationships because they are a mirror to me and my abandonment from childhood. And it's like, I knew that as a therapist, cause we all kind of know that stuff, but I didn't understand that it was happening subconsciously and how it was manifesting the same experiences and that it was rooted in my self-concept because what a lot of people don't understand if you're kick-ass in business and in school and like friends and other areas of your life, but you suck like in love or one other area of your life. Like a lot of people think because I'm so successful in business that I'm just confident all around. And no, that's not the case. We have self-concept that shifts and change depending on the area of our life. So when I became understanding this, I really, this was about like in 2019, it all clicked for me where I was like, this is the work. I have to reprogram my mindset. I have to become this new version of me and create becoming, you know, my dream self to me where I was confident that I didn't settle in love, that when I was triggered, I found different ways to deal with it and that I didn't want to be the woman anymore. It wasn't about the man because there there's a million of them out there. It was about who I became when I was in a relationship with them. And I didn't like who I was. I was insecure. I felt needy. I was waiting for the shoe to drop. They could be giving me everything and I couldn't accept it. So I knew I had to change. And I was the only one that could heal that version of me and create the version where no matter who she's in or, you know, involved with, I know my worth and value that I have that rock solid confidence in love. Like I do in business, like I do in all the other areas. And I just kept becoming her and becoming her. And now I am her. So I just kind of stumbled upon it and it kind of became my niche and I've helped thousands of women do the same thing and really transform. And for me, I'm like, and I've always felt this, that it's just about more than the love area. That was just the hardest area for me to overcome, but it's really about creating a version of you that you love, no matter what, that you are, you know, creating your best life possible, that every day you wake up, you are in pursuit of becoming this new you, because that's exciting. And that is what is fulfilling. And oh, it just is a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. That's so beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing that. And you and I share 
pretty much a similar story there because here I was getting good grades in high school and everything, but any relationship that I was involved in in high school turned into a mess. Like my first boyfriend, when I was 15, had to file a restraining order on him. He was like physical and manipulative and all these different, uh, his character was just bad. And then the next one, he was just like giving me all this stuff. And so I felt like I needed, I deserved everything, you know, was not humble, (laughs) was very greedy. And that was like my expectation. So of course, then going into college, what happened? Same thing, but I was partying and I was just treating like, treating these guys like whatever. They're going to just treat us girls like something. So I'm just going to treat them back like something, you know? And then this, I started drinking a lot and then there was something else going on. And then I got married when I was 25 years old. And then I was physically abusing my husband at the time because I was so angry with, I don't know what I was angry about at first. It took me a while to figure out like, why the heck am I so angry? Well, it was because I was sexually abused when I was little, you know, from the ages six to 12 years old. And then it didn't register to me. And my family never knew until I was 20, about 22 years old. We had a meeting because they're like, okay, Gina's going to have like, she's, it was like a, what do you call those intervention meetings? meetings? Because I was doing some drugs, drinking. And then I said, well, the reason why I'm like this is because I was abused when I was this. And everyone was like, what? And I, I finally came out. I don't know, something within me was like, it needed to come out, but I'm so happy it did because after that, I mean, it took a long time still because I'm 41 right now, but I didn't start really taking care of myself until I was like 30, 35, 36 years old. That's when I started transforming my life completely by not drinking anymore and and discovering who the heck is Gina? (laughs) (laughs) Who am I? I mean, yeah, like, look, you've had all these things happen and then we're numbing out and you know, we're distracting ourselves from the inner pain because no one teaches you how to heal your shit. Nobody says our parents didn't even know how to do it, which is why it gets passed down generation after generation. Right. And there is no one in the school system. And thank God we have YouTube nowadays. I know when I was in my twenties, like you, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have social media. So like you literally, how did you find out information that, you know, was all over the world? I didn't even hear about a lot of things until the internet really took off, like in the last seven, eight years. And so we, this is very common. This is what happens to a lot of people is that we don't even understand what is going on in us. And we're taught to blame outside of us, right? Especially women, we get taught, like, you're just picking the wrong men. And and not to say that the men we weren't manifesting in or women, whatever we date, right, that we're manifesting in versions of people that are unhealed clearly because we were unhealed and they had bad character. And if they are abusive and things like that, but we allowed that in our lives. So we had to take responsibility that why am I believing this is all that I'm worth? And who am I when I'm in these relationships, right? Because I, like you, like I had a lot of anger in me. Oh, I was so angry for so long too. And it would come out with, you know, rage and screaming and yelling. And I was married for 10 years and I had my baby, my son at 19. And I remember when he was eight, I made the decision to divorce his dad because I'm like, I don't want my son growing up thinking this is how love is, where it's screaming and contention. And I was like, I have to work on me and figure out who I am too, because I don't even know who I was as an adult woman without being a mother or, you know, being a wife, I'm like, who is Kim Velez? And so that's beautiful though, because you've had to learn that for yourself too. And then we start figuring it out and uncovering the things we're supposed to uncover to, you know, continue the healing process. 
Totally. That's a hundred percent. And I feel like if I was mentored at a young age, things would have gotten better. I probably would have made different choices. I would have felt like I was worth something. And so then that means I would attract men that I felt that was aligned with myself at the time. But do you have a nice process? You actually uplift these women and you talk about the power of self-concept with them. Can you speak a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. So self-concept is how we see ourselves in relation to an area of our life. And I really believe that we have to reprogram our minds to really know that we are worthy and deserving to literally have it all. And it's not coming from like an egoic place where we're looking down on people and things like that. It's really knowing that part of self-love, well, the main thing to me of self-love, right? Because love is an action word. So it's like, if I'm loving myself, then how is my inner self-talk? What is my perspective of me? Who am I being every day? Do I do my inner thoughts, my inner dialogue, the way that I'm thinking to myself, and then my behaviors that I am, you know, doing every day, do they match my future version of me? So self-concept is really changing how you see yourself. Because if you believe in like the spiritual, spiritual principles, which I definitely do, everyone's a mirror to us. So we're always going to manifest in people reflecting to us and manifesting in experiences that have to give us what we subconsciously believe, which is, and in my past, when I started working through my triggers with a man that was in my life for quite a while, and he was my mirror. And I allowed that to teach me because we can only do so much work alone And then we need the intimate partner to be able to show us what's still triggered in us and activated in us of our old self-identity. And I can remember very distinctly, like how I was triggered all the time. And it was me, it was nothing he was doing. And when he was giving me everything I wanted, I couldn't accept it because of my belief that subconsciously I did not deserve someone to actually love me and want me. And I had no clue that love could be healthy and feel good because I'd never experienced it except with my son. My son was the only, you know, unconditional love. So I had to learn all right, as much as I loved my baby and literally would die for your child, right? That's what a lot of mothers, if not all mothers would do. I had to do that for me. And I had to really go within and put me first and my relationship with me. So developing almost like you're picking a character and you're deciding who's this new woman going to be? How does she think? How does she show up? What are her feelings? Like she's different than me now, So what is different about her? The one that's confident in love, the one that knows her worth and value, the one that doesn't settle, the one that always expects things work out for her, the one that knows, you know, any person she desires, of course, they would want to love her and respect her and value her rather than thinking the opposite, because that's what I would subconsciously do all the time. And then I would manifest it. And I had to practice it. I had to remind myself every day. I had to get in character. Like I was rehearsing for a movie almost. And I had to mentally interrupt the thinking pattern because we have 70,000 thoughts every day that are literally on autopilot and you have to take conscious effort to interrupt it and train your mind to redirect your thinking over and over. And we don't believe the new self-concept. There's no way when I was telling myself for, oh my gosh, several months, you know, oh, I'm amazing. I'm worthy. I'm being chosen. I am loved. I am adored. Like I didn't fucking believe any of it. 
I didn't believe any of it. And I felt that resistance and the resistance is literally your old belief system, butting heads with the new one, because you don't believe the new story yet, but that's okay. You practice over and over mentally and emotionally because your thoughts create your emotions. So the more you replace the thoughts with thoughts that are favorable of you, eventually your feelings will shift. And when the thoughts and feelings start shifting, that's where we move our self-concept. We become this new version of us. And we might even only experience her for a minute. It might be, you know, a couple of hours and we go back. You're going to play tennis. You're going to go back and forth for quite a while, but you have to keep moving yourself into this version internally over and over. And you do it over and over through scripting, through the moment you open your eyes till you go to sleep. You have to be mindful of where your thoughts going and you have to consciously direct them to the new story, the new programming until you've convinced yourself that this is who you are. And it takes a lot of work, but my God, it is so worth it. It's so worth it. Absolutely. It's worth it because I remember when I was just seeing my mentor and we were going over the whole mindset and how to reframe your thoughts and, you know, being, becoming that character of who you want to be. And I, I remember her talking about confidence and self-confidence. She's like, well, how does a confident person stand? How do they, how do they, how do they look? How do they speak? What do they eat? <laughs> how do they dress? You know, so you have to really fit yourself into that character. Yeah. And it does take practice. Like you said, it's not going to happen overnight, just like how you became who you are or were <laughs> your old self. Yeah. It didn't just happen overnight. It was all learned and, and it was through practice by influence of friends, family, you know, at TV, <laughs> media, whatever. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that, that's another podcast in itself about how much it influence. <laughs> Oh yeah. We're so conditioned to everyone outside of us. You know, it's like I had to, I uncovered so many things, not just from childhood, but just like you said, from, you know, years of being a woman in the workforce and just the way I was programmed and shamed for being, you know, attractive and having a figure and things like that. I mean, it was just crazy. And I had to deprogram myself of a lot of things that were making me feel like I couldn't be my authentic self and just here I am, you know, and proud of everything about me as a woman, we are beautiful swans and we are seductive and sexy and just amazing. We have so many facets to us and we need to be empowered to be who you are and not let people shame us to, you know, dim us in a lot of ways. Yes. Cause a lot of times in high school and in college and even like who's your supposedly best friends, they would be like, well, why are you wearing that? Why, well, yeah. why did you change your hair? Well, why are you working out again? And it's like, well, why not? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, the, yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say too, they, a lot of people do this. I mean, I lost friends that I had for nine years, like two best friends that I literally talked to both of them every single day. We did everything together and I lost friendships with them both in a six month span. When I started this overhaul process I was actually okay with it because I knew what was happening and I knew I had outgrown them and it was time to move on. But it was interesting to watch because when you level up, then you're holding a mirror up to everyone around you that you used to do those old behaviors with where they're like, you make them uncomfortable now because now you're not settling and you're demanding more from yourself and you're conducting yourself in a higher manner in a manner that honors you and really shows that you care about you and love you. And it's going to scare people because they're not doing it. And so they're going to want you to stay stuck with them. 
Yep. <laughs> they want you to be at their level, but you know, that's when you have to say goodbye to your friends, those friends, and find some better friends who are either at the level you are or who you want to become. And like what you said about the whole femininity, it's a we're it's a beautiful thing to be feminine. I love it. Like when we were little, at least me, <laughs> I love to play with little dolls and they would, would, you know, do their hair and dress them up. And then we were then getting conditioned like, no, we need to not look pretty. We need to wear like boyish clothes. Look, you know, no makeup which is fine, which is totally fine for those who don't want it. But for the ones that always loved it or wanted to still dress yeah. up, I mean, it was horrible because there's this phase that I remember in elementary school, it was like, I think sixth grade. I went through a tomboy phase because in fifth grade, I got like so many hate from girls. And this is oh. fifth grade. Can you believe that fifth grade? <laughs> Getting so much hate yeah, from girls. No, I even got into yeah. a fight. Someone fought yeah. me because they thought I was too pretty or something. Yes. And yes. so I made myself uglier on purpose oh, yeah. in sixth grade. And yeah. then, then here comes seventh grade. Okay. Then I changed a little bit. You know, I started to wear my skirts in school because I like dresses. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Like, you know, you're beautiful, you know? <laughs> yes. You gotta, you gotta show the hourglass off. I know. I know. Yeah. And I think too, you know, part of it, like my perspective on that is I think as women, not to get in the patriarchal society and all that stuff or, you know, conditioning, but we really, since the dawn of man have been oppressed. I mean, I don't feel, you know, systemically we're not oppressed anymore, but there is societal oppression still in some ways because we've been taught since the dawn of man, you know, because of the men ruling everything, right. To push us down and make us feel shameful and things like that, because we are very powerful divine goddesses, you know, and I think what happened is it created such a culture, especially when we couldn't work and it was against the law to have your own money and all those things. It was very competitive for women against women to get the the catch in the neighborhood so that, you know, they could be married off and successful. And some of that mindset, you know, generationally is still being passed down and taught to women. And so I think women like us coaches coming together and really supporting and uplifting women is a new way to say like, no, we're not in competition with each other. We're here to uplift and empower and support. And there's still not going to be some women. Again, I, I remember I had one woman. So I always wear a lot of um, crop tops and I ha- always wear like high collar ones typically, but every once in a while I have a low cut one and, you know, some cleavage might be out or whatever. And this woman, one time she left a comment on my Instagram where she was like, oh, this is why you made your money. This is why you built your business based off, you know, basically my boobs. And I'm like, my God, I had like out of a hundred videos, maybe one with cleavage showing. And I was just, I just laughed and blocked her because I don't even like care about stuff like that. But I was like, that's the insecure mindset. That's a woman who doesn't love herself and feels inferior in a lot of ways to attack other women, you know, and it happens all the time. So I think when we heal ourselves, because only when you heal, you won't do that because you're not feeling insecure with other women. You know, there's abundance. You know that if she has what you want, she's not taking anything from you. She's actually inspiration for you to know that you can have it too. And so the more of us that heal ourselves and come from that aspect and teach other women the same, then we're all rising collectively and becoming more empowered sisterhood because there is a lot of healing that needs to happen in our sisterhood because of the way I believe that, you know, we have been raised since, you know, we were so oppressed from a long time ago. It's still, the mindset's still lingering and, but we can't do it until we heal ourselves. 
Absolutely. Now, what are some ways we can shift our mindset, like easy ways to shift the mindset like that we can do today? Yeah. So what I love to teach people is basically you, you want to know who you want to become and it, not that you have to know the whole picture right away, but I really like when I was redeveloping myself, which I'm always doing, cause it's so fun. I'm like, what, what movie script do I want to play out this year? You know, but I really look at intrinsically, who do I want to be? Like if I'm feeling insecure in a certain way, or if I'm feeling not good enough, or I want to be more authentically me or just whatever these characteristics are, I identify them because I think it's important. So I sit with a notebook and I write out like, who's Kim point, uh, Kim 2.0 version. Right. And I go through, and it might even be, you know, I always include daily habits because you want to be in sync with the new, you know, self-concept, like internally and uh, behaviorally. So I look at what are habits that I can remove in my life every day that don't support me becoming that new version and what do I replace them with? So then I have a clear objective of who I am. And then when I decide who I am, I write out affirmations and I can say things like, I am, you know, trusting more. I am healed. I am confident. And again, you're not going to believe this stuff, right? I'm good enough and worthy to have what I want. It's just understanding that if I'm going to actually learn how to reprogram my mind, I have to pick the story that I want it reprogrammed with. And so then you persist in that thinking and you have to pay attention to your mind throughout the day and you have to play the part internally and you're going to get triggered. You're going to have your reality, not mirror to you, the new stuff you're you know manifesting or who you're becoming. You're still going to have old, you know, reality. We call it 3d reality in my world. I don't know if you call it that, but, um, you're going to have the old mirrors of people and old versions of people, you know, pretty much still reflecting to you who you've been, because that's who you've been the longest it's been held in place. So the mirror can still show you reflections you don't like, and it's going to trigger you and you have to go within and you do the work to heal the trigger by who am I being? What do I want? Even though this is happening, even though they just said this, even though they're not doing this, I'm still good enough and worthy. And I don't need evidence in my reality to tell me to tell me that I know this about myself and you don't know it, but you have to keep doing it until you convince yourself. So it's important to know the aim because without the aim, we wander and there's no clear path. You know, the aim, you know, you write out your affirmations, how you want to feel, who do you want to be? What are the new perspectives you want to hold? And then the daily habits, and you have this little mini script. And then you're, you know, I would carry it in my pocket. I would put it on my mirror. I put it on my phone so that I'm constantly pulling that out to remind myself, this is who I am now. This is who we're becoming. I'm in the process of becoming her. This is me. And you say it over and over and over, especially when you're triggered. A lot of people, when they get triggered, they are in so much pain that they just, you know, give up all their power and say, oh, because this is happening in my reality means nothing's changing, right? People still don't know that I'm worthy. People still don't know that I'm good enough, but it's like, we're not doing it to get a re, uh, to get other people to validate our worth. We're, we're doing it to validate our own worth. And we're going to keep doing the process until we validate our own worth so much that it's just what we know. You're creating a new fact that you know for yourself. And it's not a fact in the beginning. It's not a fact for a long time for some people. 
I mean, heck, it took me how many, how many years, 30 something years. Yeah. Well, even when you awaken, you know, it's the first, we got to get rid of the distractions. So if we're drinking too much, like I binge drank in the past and, you know, did lots of things like that. And to just kind of deflect and didn't want to be by myself. Uh, We have to stop binge watching Netflix. We have to stop doing a lot of things that do not, that are just distracting us from us and what's going on, the pain in here, start looking at it and understanding it. And and then what can I do to start changing it? Because even though I've known this, what felt this way, even though I've believed this about myself, even if it's been for 40 years, because I didn't even wake up until I was in my late thirties, you know, even though it's been all this way, doesn't mean it has to keep being this way. I just have to decide I'm going to stick this out for me because my mindset was the long game because I'm like, all right, I teach a lot of manifesting and things like that because you do manifest what you, what you are, in my opinion. And a lot of it is we can manifest things in like money and relationships, but can you keep them? Are they healthy? Are they good? Does it keep, you know, growing and, and becoming better and better? And usually it doesn't for people because they're still the same story of them. And if they haven't changed the story of them, then they're going to keep manifesting. And even if it's something they want, it will go to shit and it will go to shit all the time. Uh, That's why the lottery winners lose the money because they didn't believe their worth and value. So you manifest what you want in, but it doesn't mean you're going to keep it. Uh, People will get successful in business and then lose all the money. They won't, they'll start a business, but they won't stick it out because there's, you know, the doubt and the fear within them. And so they never get past the goalposts and they never keep persisting in, you know, maintaining and going through those hurdles and overcoming their own limiting beliefs. So they get on the other side of it. So we have to do this constantly and we have to be willing to look at the long game. Like my mental thought process was always that I'm doing this for me. It's not to get the thing. I mean, we all want the things, but it's not to get the things it's to become the version of me that knows that it's inevitable that I get these things because she's a whole different person. She walks different. She knows different. Like she's not worried about 3d. She hardly gets triggered because she knows who she is. So it's inevitable for her to receive what it is she desires. And that's the work. The work is I'm doing this to become a version of me that is so confident in who she is that nothing can sway me from that. Yes. And to go back and talk about the manifestation when in, in heavy, in, during the time that I was heavily in my drinking, I think it was like 2013 or 2012. I remember with the husband at the time we were doing like our, our vision boards, you know, those vision yeah. boards that we do. Yeah. I swear everything on that board came true, even though I had a crappy marriage, even though I had everything around me was crappy. My health was crappy. My mindset was crappy. Every, it all came true. But guess what? Like you said, that's all gone now. I don't have any of those things anymore yeah. on my vision board. <laughs> no, but I love that because you just, you just validated what I know and what I've been teaching for years that people don't understand that we can manifest it in with a shitty self-con. You know how many sexy, gorgeous men I manifested in? multiple times, but I was so depleted within me that it would always go to shit. Like you can manifest money in and lose it like a house. I mean, people do it all the time. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to bring up. It's like, you're totally right. Cause it happened to me. Everything yeah. is gone. But now that I have to be careful, like I've gotten to a different uh, consciousness level now that whatever I'm thinking, like, like quickly comes, comes true. Like, okay, we go hiking oh, all the time. <laughs> 
That's good. That's good. This is good. This is yes. good. But it could be a little bit scary. And I'm going to tell you a funny story. My husband and I, we went, uh, my new husband, uh, been remarried in 2020. We went hiking and, you know, I was working on this Kundalini yoga thing with my, my, uh, my yoga teacher. And, and in my head, I was like, I'm going to see a rattlesnake. I'm going to see a snake here, you know, in my head, right? I swear, we've hiked there like millions of times. <laughs> we've never seen anything. We've seen bobcats. We've seen dead carcasses. We've seen all these different animals. Never a snake. What happens? I said, oh, there's a snake over here. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was a freaking rattlesnake. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I totally get it. Like, well, okay. Yeah. And, and that's what they, a lot of things is manif, you know, manifestation, right. Is so what, when it materializes in our reality, it's like the final step, right. There was all the internal thing. And this is why thoughts do create things, but people don't understand because we've been misled through law of attraction theories. And it's a lot of um, ambiguity out there that doesn't make sense. And that's why it's a lot of hit or miss, but it's really understanding that there was no resistance in your mind or story of you tied into seeing the rattlesnake that was so dominant and prevalent in you and like a known fact in you that that's why you thought it and it came because see this is what happens like we say like oh I want I want a million dollars or I want to have all my coaching clients booked you know tomorrow or I want you know the man of my dreams to walk in right and then a week goes by and nothing right because usually what's happening is people are still walking around subconsciously not aware of their inner thinking, even if they are aware of it, there's still so many negative thoughts about who they are and what they get to have. And they're still looking at their reality and they're like, it's not here. It's not here. It's not here. So that is going to supersede and delay what you want from materializing because it's dominant in you. So when we have like the little things like, you know, you could find money on the street or the rattlesnake, or I just manifested a new Nespresso machine, like literally overnight, um, didn't even want it. Cause we manifest things we don't want all the time, but uh, that was funny too. I, I stopped drinking coffee in the afternoon and then I started again and it hasn't in this office. I had a Keurig and I haven't used it for like a year. And then I was like, Oh, that Nespresso, maybe I want to get that. And I go, no, I have two Keurigs. I'm not going to go waste my money and buy, you know, an espresso. And literally the next day I went in here to plug back in my, it was literally a year old, this Keurig thing. And it didn't work. It completely was dead. I tried all the different outlets. I go, Oh, now I got to get an espresso. But you know, we do things like that all the time because I didn't have the story where I'm like, Oh, I want an espresso. But then I was like, no, I'm not worthy. All the Nespresso's in my life have left me. You know, nobody wants me. Like, I don't get what I want. Love is hard. Like there is no story like that. So it comes in quick, you know? Um, and that's what people don't understand. And, and then we're also, you know, mistaught a lot. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, you can manifest everything in 24 hours. And I'm like, no, the fuck you can't. Because if that were the case, they, that coach saying it would have manifested everything in 24 hours. And I can guarantee all my money in my bank account, they have not manifested everything in 24 hours. And we have to stop selling people that because the goal is about, again, you're overcoming any limiting mindset beliefs you have programming in you that are making you believe and think and feel and know that you can't have something you want. That is it. And some things take longer than others. Yes. And manifestation is a lot of patience too. There's a lot of patience involved. It's not going to come right away. It's when the conditions are, are in your favor. <laughs> yeah. You and know? you're creating the conditions to be in your favor by going within and reprogramming the mindset. 
I mean, the big teacher for me was Neville Goddard. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Definitely Google him, check him out, girl. He's a life changing. And what he really teaches is the power of persistence. And it really correlates with trusting the unseen and walking in faith. It's you just keep persisting in a story of you and your reality that you desire, no matter what's happening out here. And you're persisting in it until you've convinced yourself that you can have this. And again, I always bring it back to, you're literally becoming the woman of your dreams because when we're creating a life and a version of ourselves that we love all of it, that we're excited about what we're manifesting, who we're becoming, when you're attached to that future self, that future reality, you feel good because you're thinking, you're acting, you're being, you have the habits and you know what you're in the process of turning into. So you're not disconnected. Because nothing is separate from us. It feels separate because we have a belief system that makes us believe we can't have something we want. So then we feel the lack of it because the mindset is saying, I'm unloved. I'm not good enough. You know, my person left me two weeks ago. I'm not, I mean, I used to have stories when I can remember like 15 years ago, I would be, I hated being home alone. And this is when I would drink more and I would go out just to like distract myself because I hated when I got home. And I had to sit with me and I was like, cause my son was like, you know, grown and out of the house by then. And I'm like, oh my God, I have all this pain in me. And so I subconsciously would just book plans with people, book plans. And I would drink enough so that, you know, I would like have a nice buzz and I'll have to deal with me and go home. And then one day at like six months doing that, I was like, okay, this is either going to turn into an alcohol problem. <laughs> like this is not the answer. The pain isn't going away. You know, you have to face you. And then I stopped doing all of that. And I started the inner work to really start healing some of those wounds. And then it just, you know, continued and continued, but we have to stop running from ourselves and know as much as it hurts, it's not going to kill us. But if you want to have a different reality, if you want to become the woman of your dreams, who isn't burdened by her past traumas, then let's normalize that we're fucking healing ourselves. Like we have to normalize that. It's good to be healed, Mm -hmm. that here's how you heal yourself. Here's how you empower yourself. Here's how you overcome all the crap that was dumped on you that you didn't ask for as a kid, because we didn't, none of us deserved it, you know, but we're the only ones to validate that and take that away from us. Not our mother. Not, I never get an apology for my mother. My mother will take no responsibility for her actions or my father, but I let go a long time ago that I needed them to apologize in order for me to know that I didn't deserve that. I just said, you know what? I don't even care anymore. I just don't want to walk feeling like this and carry the rest of my life being this woman who's unhealed and hurting from shit that happened to her, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I'm not her. I don't have to, I, I need to love that part of me. I need to heal her, reprogram her and decide I'm someone different. And that's what I did. And I, I don't need the apology because I know who I am. Yes. You reminded me also, I remember my mom, she was, she also had grown up in foster care, but yeah, she was, I forget the ages, but she had gone through some trauma herself with her mom being very physically abusive, always, you know, talking down to her. And I know my mom's done her best to raise us, but you know, she has a lot of, she's yeah. still healing right now and she's in her seventies. and. You reminded me that um, one time, and this is when I knew I was changing. She was like, well, aren't you going to care what so-and-so thinks? I said, you know what? I don't care. 
because I know who I am. I don't care about their opinion. It doesn't matter to me because I know I'm in, I'm okay. Cause I've been, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm doing it for, for myself. And so she kind of like, was like, Whoa, who's my daughter? <laughs> I would be like, yeah, normally I'd be like, mom, what do I do? Oh my gosh. I'm so scared. They're going to think about this about me. And I would always beat myself up and it caused so much anxiety, but now yeah. I'm like, nah, I don't let it go. I just let it go. I'm like, yeah. don't, I'm just well, having fun here. <laughs> Yeah. And it doesn't even matter. Right. Because honestly, if we're sitting here worried what someone's thinking of, it's because we feel insecure in that moment. And so we're nervous and we overanalyze. Like I used to do this too, you know, with new friends or any new situation, I would be in my head like, oh my God, was that? Cause I'm very like direct when I talk with people and like re- really straightforward. And so I would always be nervous with like new people in my life. Like, oh, or maybe they got offended. And I would sit here and carry the story for hours and days worrying about if I texted the, I mean, it was insane, you know, and I don't do that anymore. I'm just like, I don't even like think about it. And if I, my mind ever does default back to that, I go, girl, are you kidding me? Like you love everyone and everyone loves you. Like you don't think about things like this. And then I just shut it down and I redirect my mind over and over again until it stops thinking those things. And then I move on and that's it because we can't sit here and live and it's just where it's our own insecurity in that moment. And we get this with good stuff too. This is another thing people don't teach a lot is when you're actually getting what you want, you're going to be triggered. Like every time I up level my bank account, every time I up level my bills, my lifestyle, anything in my life, I get triggered when I hire new, I have like three employees working for me. Every time I hire a new one, I get triggered because my brain starts to go in fear mode because it's just something new, even though it's something good, because obviously if you're hiring more people, you're making more money, your business is thriving, right? But I go into like, oh my gosh, what if now my business just, you know, crashes and what, you know, and all these things. And I have to work through the triggers every time, like, and people don't talk a lot about that, you know? And it's like, That's why people struggle when they start getting what they want. And then the mind starts getting nervous and scared because you're going in new territory. And then if they don't nip it in the bud, they will end up manifesting a really unfavorable outcome. So we really have to teach them too. Like, this is normal. Everybody goes through this. You get nervous, you get scared, but here's what you do to reprogram the mind so that you work through it. And eventually that fear dies down and you don't even worry about it anymore. It becomes your new normal. Yeah. And I was saying that this earlier, it's a lot of it is just practice. So you have to practice, practice, like you're studying for a test. You have to practice, practice. And then it's until you ace the exam, it's all a matter of practice. Yes. <laughs> and how yeah. can people heal themselves? I know the question that I always get, how do I heal myself? How do I heal myself? I'm like, there is no fast way. Do you think there's a fast way? Actually, is there a fast way? You know, I, what I know, and yes, because I think it really depends. There's so many levels to us. And there's so many nuances and there's layers to that onion we're peeling back because there's certain beliefs and things in me that were really easy for me to heal and reprogram. And then there was things that took me years, you know, so it just really depends on what the work is. But this is what I always tell people is we don't care how long something takes, because as long as you wake up breathing every day, you're either going to be working on healing you and focusing on the new character, focusing on who the woman of your dreams is, who you're becoming. And you re- by doing that process, you're healing and removing yourself from that emotional pain, from that old version of you and that old reality. Or you're going to wake up every day and you're going to reinforce the emotional pain. 
you're going to reinforce that old version of you who doesn't know her worth and value and you're going to perpetuate it. So every day you're alive, you have the choice to decide who am I being? Who am I choosing to be right now? And I always say, go for the one, you know, that is healed, loved, wanted, and good enough. And she knows this shit about herself because one day you're just going to wake up and you're just going to be her. And even the shifts I've had, like when I look, especially like my self-concept and love, cause that was like the biggest overhaul for me. The other ones are like tweaks and, you know, they're there, but it's real minor and they're, they're quicker for me to overcome. That one took the first year that I really like dedicated myself to working on that. It took me at least a year for me to dominantly feel good enough and worthy enough in my love life. But in that year, I had many shifts. I had many epiphanies. I had different layers unraveling that I felt better and better, but it just took me about a year to really kind of flip over that 50% mark. And then it still took me time and time but it's fucking worth it because if I didn't wake up every day and decide I'm going to show myself today that I matter, I'm going to make myself a priority. I'm going to validate my worth by me going within and choosing the story and the thoughts and the habits that support my best future, my best outcome, what I'm aligning, who I'm becoming. Then if I don't do that, no, who who's going to do it for me? No one can. So I might as well just keep going as long as I wake up. Why not? Time's going to pass no matter what. You're not going to care. When I look back and I was like, holy shit, how much my life has changed. I went in three years from a one bedroom apartment to a three story million and a half dollar property. You know, I went from a woman who felt so insecure in love to confident as fuck and manifest in amazing versions of people that like up level me beyond belief that I couldn't even comprehend three years ago that this is who would be in my life, you know? And I also became someone who her business has grown. Like I've six X my income in three years, just because of the work I do for me and train myself 3d. If it triggers me, if the reality is showing me something that goes against what I want, I go within I don't pay attention out here. And, but the only way to do this, you have to train yourself to be aware of your mind as much as you can throughout the day. This isn't, I'm going to visualize something for five minutes and then all day long, you're thinking the complete opposite. You're not going to get what you want that way. Yeah, you're right. And I remember when I would wake up, even to this day, I'm going to have those, I'm a human, you know, we're going to have experiences where we're just like, oh, I feel like crap. (laughs) Oh, I'm moody. We don't know where it comes from. (laughs) We don't know where spirit goes, you know, during our sleep. (laughs) Who knows what we come back with. But it is up to us then to change. We have a choice. Like, hey, do I want to sit with this or do I want to move on and just enjoy my day? (laughs) Yeah. You know, so we always have a choice. It's not accepting to like, for me, I'm like, is this acceptable to me? And if the answer is no, then I say, okay, what do I need to do? Like, I have always been fit and in the gym for like the last like nine, 10 years, never had any weight issues. And and I used to have them well before that. And I got perimenopause and started that whole process and my hormones were crazy. And I put on some midsection weight and I was like, what is this? You know, and I've 
was not myself at all, but I was like, this is not acceptable. Now it took me time because I started accepting it. So I had a lot of conditioning from society about what happens to women in their forties, you know, da, 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 da. And then I was like, you know what? That's some BS because there's lots of women that go through this and they figure it out and they don't gain 900 pounds. And I don't have to be you know, someone who feels awful, I can change my mindset, I can get the right help, and I can take the right actions to support that leveled up version of me. So that's what I did. And like, I've been back, you know, I wasn't doing everything that I could, I went back to the gym six days a week, like I've always done, I had stopped and was going like four days a week, because I was so like, mentally just like giving up on myself. And I was like, I don't accept this. And so I changed my thoughts, I got help with hormone replacement therapy, which was huge but it still took my mindset the most and changing my daily habits and making the commitment to me. Do I want to keep gaining 10 pounds a year or do I want to do everything that I can mentally and physically to just know I am doing the best that I can and being honest about that. Cause I was trying to tell myself before <laughs> that I was doing the best that I could, but I wasn't, I wasn't counting macros again. Cause I hadn't had to count macros for nine years, you know, but I'm like, I know what to do. So I went and I hired a coach that I had to send bikini pictures to, because I'm like, that's embarrassing. And that'll really motivate me. And he's a very good looking man. You know, so I was <laughs> like, let me send that to him. Cause that will wake me up. And I knew he was very direct like me. So I'm like, I'll hear wrath if I don't follow through. And I needed that extra push. So I invested in me. I took my money and I paid because if I pay for something, I'm definitely showing up. And then I did the work and it's who I am and I'm back in track. And in less than like a month, I think it's five weeks now, I'm already down pounds. I'm already losing inches. I feel so amazing. You know, and I'm not at my end result, but you know why I feel amazing because I'm becoming her. I'm connected to the mental story and the daily habits that are connecting me to my future self that is desirable for me. I didn't give up on me anymore. And we're going to go through phases because like you said, you know, things are going to happen and we do have hormonal changes and, you know, women that have babies and stress and all kinds of things that we go through. But again, when you regroup, when you decide enough is enough really have to be honest with yourself. Am I doing everything that I can? Because most of the time it's not, we're, we're not doing everything we can. Yes. <clears throat> like me, uh, sugar. I have an issue with sugar. Since I stopped drinking, I love sugar. Oh yeah. That's a common. <laughs> so <it's> like, <clears throat> and I'm just like, okay, what can I do to not have sugar? Well, let's get up, take, get rid of all the sugary crap in your <laughs> in your kitchen and just don't buy it anymore that's just one easy way and then we hardly go out to eat anyway and I just been into cooking all these healthy recipes and keeping myself you know distracted even like good healthy sweet recipes you know there's some you can find them on the internet you know yes yes there's there's options out there it's just a matter of just taking those steps and becoming the healthier version and happier version of yourself yeah (laughs) and changing that mental story you know we don't have to have the self-identity that um you know, that I, cause I feel like if we say certain things, then we are still negotiating, right? Because if we look at people are like, like for me, like, I just don't drink, you know what I mean? That's it. Like I, it's not, there isn't an excuse behind it. It's who I am. I just don't drink. So for me, it's not in a thing in my mind where I go out with friends where it's like, oh, should I have one? Should I not have one? I don't have any negotiation in my head because my self-identity is I don't drink. It don't make me money. (laughs) It doesn't benefit my life in any way possible. So I don't drink, you know, and 
it's really understanding that, you know, when we have the self-identity of that, I'm making, I, I eat healthy, I nourish my body. When you actually become that version of you, then you don't negotiate when we're looking at, you know, cake or whatever. Cause I was, I'm a cake girl too. I can't have any of that stuff in my house, house either, you know, nip <laughs> <laughs> it all out. Just uh, fruit girl, just get your sweet tooth fixed with fruit. <laughs> yeah. I can seriously down any, anything sweet be gone in the next day. Well, and you know what too, like what I, what I would do too, and I'm just, sorry, I'm not trying to coach you here at all, but oh, no, just, no, I have to share. Please I'm always do, please, yes, people. yes, yes. Well, it's kind of like, look at when you decided to get sober, right? Like you made the commitment to this is the version of me. And these are the thoughts and perspectives about alcohol that I'm going to have and my lifestyle. Right. And then you became her. It's the same thing with sugar, right? Because there's lots of women that quit drinking that are alcoholic and no longer drink and are sober and they didn't struggle with the sugar long-term. So we don't have to be that one because there, there are, there out there, but you don't have to be that person that got sober and now sugar is an issue for her. Like, you know what I mean? You can right. say, I'm going to identify with the ones that that wasn't an issue for them either. And they nipped it in the bud with everything, you know? Absolutely. And that's what we have to think about. It's like, hey, if she can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> they don't yes. have an extra arm, an extra leg or anything. Yeah. We're well, all and this human. Yeah. And with our self-concept, it's our belief system of who we are, right? So then we seek the evidence in our reality to support the story that we believe we are. So a lot of people do this, like when they find, they'll they'll go look or find the evidence, um, outside of them that supports their belief at sea, all the other, you know, people that stopped drinking, look, they all, you know, gained 50 pounds and eat tons of sugar, right? They're out there, but how many are sober and not living that way? You know what I mean? So it's like really saying, no, I don't want to accept that. I want to find evidence that supports the new self-concept. Like I had to do this in love because I also had conditioning that uh, men don't like successful women and did it, you know, all that nonsense story. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I started my brain. I knew when I was reprogramming this, because now my brain was seeking the people, like I already knew celebrity wise that the women were successful, obviously. And then so were their husbands. So I was like, I, my brain was already pulling the information up for me to prove my new belief system. So I was like, yes, I'm getting it. I got this rather than looking for the shit on TikTok and all the other places where they're telling us like, nobody wants their woman to work. I mean, it's so dumb, you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's just looking in the 3d reality to support you. I always say like, is it an absolute truth for everyone? No. So does it have to be that way for me? It doesn't have to, it's what you decide for you. That's right. Which goes into what I was going to ask you next. How did you not break the character of your future self? Because for me, like, I'm okay. Okay. I'm, I, I see myself growing every day. There's always something I'm learning that's new. There's always something that I'm inspired by that I want to try. And how do I keep the momentum going? You just make the commitment. Like, so remember, it's never about perfection. It's always about progress. And there gets to be a point in the beginning when we're becoming her, when we're moving into that dream version of ourselves, we're going to break character, <laughs> like probably every five minutes. You know what I mean? It's, it's just part of the process, but when you're doing it, you recognize it immediately, you stop and you decide better literally the next moment and you go right back into character and you keep doing that until the bouts or the, the length of time that you're actually in character gets longer and longer and longer. Because think of like people like that are confident that really, you know, like, wow, they're so confident. 
they're not confident 100% of the time. It's when they break their own character and they feel insecure in that moment, they don't allow themselves to stay there. It doesn't become like this personality of themselves. It's not days and days and days. It might be a minute, a couple minutes, maybe an hour or so, but they do the inner self-talk and they pull themselves out of it and they go back to what is normal for them, which is confident. So we're going to break character sometimes and that's okay because it's not about shaming ourselves. It's about, all right, what was I doing that allowed me to break character? And then we remove that shit. Oh, I see. I was negotiating. Oh, I see. I went to the store and I bought the cake in the house, you know, or I was driving by the bar 900 times. And instead of intervening and getting help and, and reaching out for the resources that I know are doing the habits that support me, go listen to guided meditations, um, journaling and scripting my new self-identity, working through my trigger. I just did what I've always done. Uh, so I didn't help myself as best as I could. And then you write the plan. A lot of people don't write plans. I'm a, when I'm teaching people who've never really done this, I'm like, write the plan. If you got to jump on the floor and do 20 push-ups, you jump on the floor and do 20 push-ups or 20 jumping jacks to snap you out of whatever's going on in you, that rumination that happens of feeling not good enough or whatever we're struggling with. You do what you need to do to get out of that hump. And you have to try a bunch of different things that are healthy, right? That all the habit wise that support the new you until you get out of that hump. I can remember, I used to listen, like when I felt insecure and not good enough and I had my 3D reflecting all of that to me in my love life, I would feel so bad in my urgent impulse because I created a coping mechanism where when I felt insecure, I would reach out and lash out or send the 20 paragraph text (laughs) to get a response, to get my dopamine hit, to know, oh, they're still there. They still care about me, right? So I would feel better. Well, that action did not support a woman with a high self-concept and love who loved herself and respected herself. So I was not going to do that action anymore, but that urge was still there. It didn't go away when I felt insecure. So I had to find different things to do. And a lot of them, I would sit in my bed and cry and listen to guided meditations of, I love you on YouTube. You're amazing. I have some really good ones on YouTube. There's so many amazing ones on YouTube. And I would just listen to them over and over and over and over. I would get on the floor. I would do the pushups. I would do whatever. I would journal. I would write on my notebook for an hour if I needed to. Not bad stuff about myself that I am worthy. It's okay that I feel sad right now. I'm working through it. This is good for me in my future. This is who I'm becoming. This is what I'm going to experience. And I would just do whatever I needed to do until I soothed myself in a way that was me empowering myself and not relying on anyone or anything outside of me to make it feel better. It was me. I just made myself feel better. And the more I did that, the less I suffered and the less I broke character, but you're going to break character a lot in the beginning. Oh, yes. And um, my husband and I, whenever we would have little tiffs, you know, they happen, you know, we, we have a very loving relationship, but we have fights sometimes. Of course. <laughs> it would be you weird know. if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. So what I used to do before in my past relationships, I would be physical. I would yell. I would scream. I would throw things. I was just chaos. I still have chaos. Okay. Don't get me wrong, but in a better way, let's just say that. But what I would do now is I would just go drive myself, go in nature and take a journal and start writing out like what my goals are, what I want to, what do I want to do next in my business? What do I want to do? Anything that inspires me to become the next version of myself. And it, it empowered me and it made me feel good. And 
And I got a moment to take a time out too, you know, <laughs> instead of get into a fight, yeah. I took it that I needed to step out. Cause I know, I know, I know myself sometimes and I'm still learning every day, but I, I, I think that once we are very comfortable with ourselves and then that we really like go in within ourselves and learn who we are, we don't care about the BS that happens. We just say, okay, it's going to pass. It's fine. And we just make it a yes. better experience <laughs> next time. Oh yeah. Well, and, and I mean, listen, when we're dealing with people, and there's going to be times where we manifest in, you know, a moment where it's not great and we react in a way that isn't the best. But I think it's like you said, you keep going within, you do the inner work. It's really making a choice too. like, I had to really work on, I didn't want to be angry anymore because I was her for so long. And I really was like, I just want that inner peace that even no matter what's happening around me. I never get to that level because I used to be able to like you to get to a rah, you know, and I didn't like how it made me feel internally. And so I just did the same thing. I've been saying this whole podcast over and over again. Like I picked my new self-concept. Like I would ask myself, who would I be if I wasn't angry? What does that feel like? What would I do in these situations? Like the ones that trigger us, like there was a time where it would be in my car. Like I not like severe road rage, but like I would get, I would get so mad at someone I'd flip them off, cuss them out. I'd make sure they knew I was mad. And I manifest in a lot of experiences where people were getting aggressive back to me. And so I was like, all right, is this really the reality I want? But I was, I've done it for so long, for so many years. It was like so unconscious. And as I was going through this process, I was like, oh, I started noticing it was always happening around the time of the month, you know, like like clockwork. Like I had had no issues except those couple of days before, but I was like, I have to work through it, even though it's hormonal shifts. Like I still need to pay attention to what's going on with me when I'm feeling myself get agitated, when it's starting to build up, what can I do instead? And I had to really work through that. And I broke character a lot, you know, when I first was doing it, I mean, a lot, probably every day, at least like once a day. And then it started slowing down because I was so aware of, it and I would prepare myself before I got in the car, like, all right, everybody's going to be nice on the road today. Even if someone's an asshole, you're not going to lose it because this is who you are. You're calm. You're an amazing driver. You know, you don't care who's rushing around you. Like I just really had to have new self-talk and decide I want to be someone different. And so I just kept being her and I would break character and it got less and less and less to now it's maybe, maybe once a year, I can feel the irritability come up and I'm so sensitive to it now. Cause it's not who I am that when I move back in that old version of me, I'm so hypersensitive and I don't like it. I don't like it. So I take the deep breaths. I do whatever. And I nip it pretty much instantly because it's just not who I am but I used to be her all the time. That's great. Yeah. And it, it takes work and practice, like we were saying, but it can happen. It happens. <laughs> you, it happens you can every get through it. day. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> okay. Just do it. You're worth it. Yes. Everybody's worth it. That's, That's what the whole right. thing is. We don't have to, we don't have to hurt. We don't have to emotionally suffer. You know, the reason why we have emotional pain is because we keep reliving trauma, past trauma, not that it doesn't affect us, but we don't let, want the trauma to define who we are and what we get to have going forward. And I think that's really empowering because I, I worked with so much trauma 
as a therapist. I mean, that was my specialty. I work with first responders, vets. I worked with women who just have been through a lot, men who have been through a lot and a lot of trauma. And it's really understanding that that little girl that was hurt, she deserves love and attention and to be cared for the way that and protected the way she wasn't when she was a little girl. And we got to rewrite the narrative and the story so that she can, you know, heal and, and grow up and integrate into the adult woman um, who's no longer defined and owned by that period in time, because that's how you really take your power back. Like it, it doesn't mean we ignore it. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just means it doesn't control us and define us anymore. In my opinion, that's what I see clinically really like helps people to really move out of that era of their life that has controlled them for so long. Right. Yeah. Cause we are the writers, the main actors and the producer and the director of our own story yes. and our own play, our own movie, <laughs> whatever, yes. whatever you want to call it. But, it's oh, it's been a part. pleasure having you. And I was going to ask you the question, but I think you've already answered it. Like, because, you know, we have many, many listeners here who are struggling with addiction. And I know you've worked, worked with many of them and maybe still do to this day who are struggling. I was going to ask, is there anything else you would like to share with those who are heavily yes. under that want to break through? Yeah. So definitely you need to get the help, right? We have to get off the substances and chemicals because we all know it hijacks your mind. You're not going to be able to do the work we're talking about and transform. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is start. So what I would see a lot with people that would get sober and stay sober and the ones that would just stop using and then relapse the ones that, and I've seen a lot of them do really fucking amazing and good. The ones that crushed it was they literally picked a new, they just didn't realize what they were doing. They picked a new self-identity. They understood that the way that they coped with alcohol and drugs was not the solution anymore. And they found the new healthy ways to cope and they empower themselves with the new self-concept and identity. And they literally transform from the inside out and you need the support system. You need people who can back you up and reinforce the new decisions and you're going to have to trust, you're going to have to trust them, but you can not have to keep going down the path of addiction. It's not going to take you 15, 20,000 years to, you know, like a lot of people, they get scared. Like, Oh, I've been doing this for 15 years. And they're like, it's going to take me 15 years just to get my life on track. No, it's not. It can be so quick and so fast, um, but you have to do the work, but my God, you're so worth it. And there's so many people that are sober. So look for them because they're your solution. They have the results you want and they're going to tell you exactly how to do it. And you can do it too. You just got to change your self-concept. No longer be, I'm someone who uses drugs to deal with life or deal with my emotions, right? I'm choosing to be someone who's sober and loving themselves, even if I don't even know what that means. The first step is taking action to get the help to get off the substances. Yes. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Listen, I love what you do because I'm like, people need to see you're, you're walking and living it. Like you are a testimony to the power of changing and the commitment to yourself and how amazing you can become in your life. Like you heal through all the shame and trauma of things we've done and said, you know, under mm -hmm. the influence and all of that. And 
Oh, it's just a beautiful thing. I just hope more people get sober. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Because, because we feel better when we don't drink and have that crap in our so bodies, our body thinks well, in the beginning, right? Nobody does. And they're like, ah, this sucks. But I'm like, right. no, it, it doesn't feel good in the beginning, but that's why you got to keep doing the work. And then it does get better and better and better, you know, yes. and, and you become more empowered because now you're able to handle things you could not handle before mm-hmm. that were too emotionally devastating. You don't fall apart and crumble anymore. And you feel like, I remember I worked with so many clients and they're like, do you know how good it feels to know that when I say something like people believe me now and they believe themselves because they have integrity. And I'm like, that's such a beautiful thing, you know, because they didn't have that before when they were in active addiction and they broke their word to themselves a hundred million times and then broke it to everybody around them. And then they, they became this new person who didn't break their word to themselves. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. They're more trustworthy. And trusting yeah. and loving. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so much more loving. It's, it's amazing. I love, I still, I don't still work with um, people in addiction because I don't do therapy anymore. I just do the coaching, but I still have clients that I've worked with forever that, you know, we're on social media. They'll hit me up once in a while and it's like, they're thriving. And I just mm-hmm. love it. Like you don't have to feel like this is like an identity that is Mm -hmm. negative for you forever. I mean, look at Wes Watson, look at Eric Spofford. If you guys don't know who they are, talk about major transformation, addiction. They were rock fucking bottom transformed and are amazing men and just so successful in so many areas of their lives. Just their character development is like amazing. That's awesome. And speaking of social media, where can, uh, where can the listeners follow you, find you? I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Awesome. And I will have all of that in the show notes. And yeah, it, I'm, it's been a pleasure having you all. Oh it's so, <laughs> so fun, nice Gina. to meet you. Oh, I you love too. it. <laughs> You're amazing. You're amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kim. I want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They recognized my show as being on the 50 Best Women's Sobriety Podcasts. I am super excited about that, and I couldn't have done it without you. I also want to introduce my new mini course. It is called Overcoming Challenges. So if you're having difficulty in everyday life with things happening that are unexpected, or you're like, how do I handle this? I have the tool. (laughs) I will leave those links in the show notes. And if you are wanting to be part of my newsletter, make sure you text the word SHINE, that's S-H-I-N-E at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. Please make sure you leave a five-star review if this podcast is for you. Love you.